0: Today, we're going to be talking about smoking and tobacco use disorder. So what is tobacco use disorder? Tobacco use disorder is the term used to diagnose addiction to tobacco, as defined in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, Fifth Edition. This addiction develops among most people within a few weeks or months of using tobacco daily. Nicotine is considered the main addictive substance in tobacco. People with tobacco use disorder typically crave tobacco and use tobacco despite knowing its negative consequences. People generally use more over time and they have difficulty quitting or reducing their use and they have symptoms of withdrawal during times they can't use. In the United States, the most common form of tobacco use is cigarette smoking, which peaked in 1950 when scientists discovered the link between lung cancer and smoking. Since then, use of tobacco has decreased. As of 2014, less than 17% of Americans smoke cigarettes. However, people with other substance use disorders or with mental health disorders are much more likely to smoke than those without. Because smoking causes many diseases. It's a major cause of health problems in this group. People who smoke tobacco inhale many toxic chemicals in the smoke. These toxic chemicals directly cause heart disease, blood vessel diseases, diabetes, lung diseases, and many types of cancer, and poor surgical outcomes. Smoking is the leading cause of preventable death in the United States. Smoking cigarettes is the most common way of Americans use tobacco, but other forms of tobacco are also popular. These include multiple types of cigars, hookahs, and electronic cigarettes. Chew is also common in some recent regions of the United States. All cigarettes are harmful, including those marketed as light or menthol. Cigars and cigarellos are like cigarettes, but instead of being wrapped in paper, they are wrapped in tobacco. Flavorings in these products make them more appealing to kids and young adults. A hookah is a water pipe that can come in many shapes and sizes. People smoke a type of tobacco called shisha in these pipes by burning charcoal under the tobacco. The smoker inhales very toxic smoke from the charcoal as well as the tobacco. Electronic cigarettes are battery operated devices that heat and they vaporize nicotine in a propylene glycol or other solution. The nicotine in the vapor enters the bloodstream mostly by being absorbed through the lining of the mouth and the upper airways of the user. New products are more effective at delivering the vapor to the lungs which makes the nicotine absorb faster and potentially more addictive. Safety testing for electronic cigarette vapor has shown very low or absent levels of many of the toxins that are present in cigarette smoke, so electronic cigarettes may be safer than smoking tobacco products. However, testing suggests that some of the flavorings create a very toxic chemical when heated and thus should be avoided. As of early 2016, safety testing has not been done on most brands of electronic cigarettes. There still remains much to be known in terms of safety regarding electronic cigarettes. Chew and other kinds of tobacco that sit in the mouth or nose deliver nicotine and tobacco toxins to the bloodstream through the lining of the mouth or nose. They are theoretically safer because the toxins from smoke are not involved, but using chew does cause localized cancers of the mouth and neck. The main addictive component of tobacco is nicotine, although several other components of tobacco may also be somewhat addictive. Nicotine in the amounts within a cigarette is not harmful and does not appear to cause cancers and heart diseases. The chemical structure of nicotine is similar to the body's neurotransmitter, or chemical called acetylcholine, which acts as a nerve receptor through the brain and body. Consequently, nicotine has effects throughout the body. Nicotine increases heart rate, blood pressure, breathing, and blood sugar. Nicotine also enhances memory storage and concentration, and it suppresses appetite. After nicotine's initial adversive effects wear off, people experience nicotine as pleasurable. Nicotine also enhances a person's ability to enjoy other substances, including marijuana or cannabis, and alcohol. When people use nicotine regularly, They become dependent and have urges to use it regularly and thus experience the symptoms of tobacco use disorder. After people become regular users, they also have symptoms of withdrawal if they stop using. Symptoms of nicotine or tobacco withdrawal occur among people who use tobacco daily for at least a few weeks and stop using for hours or more. Symptoms of withdrawal overlap from symptoms of other substance use disorders and with symptoms of mental health disorders, and these symptoms are often unrecognized by clinicians and tobacco users alike. When smokers have anxiety, depression, and irritability, they may think these are mental health disorder symptoms and believe that smoking is necessary to make these problems go away, but what they're really doing is treating their nicotine withdrawal with smoking. These are common symptoms of nicotine or tobacco withdrawal. Dysphoric or depressed mood, irritability, frustration, anger, anxiety, insomnia, difficulty concentrating, restlessness, decreased heart rate, increased appetite, or weight gain. Tobacco products contain material from tobacco plants plus additives, preservatives, and flavorings. Smoke from burned tobacco products is harmful because it contains thousands of toxic chemicals. Carbon monoxide, which is also present in car exhaust, is one of the toxic chemicals from tobacco smoke. A handheld machine that measures carbon monoxide can show how much the toxin a person is exposed to by smoking. When people regularly expose themselves to toxic chemicals and smoke, these chemicals directly cause problems in blood cells and blood vessel linings leading to high blood pressure, heart disease and blood vessel, or vascular disease, including stroke. Vascular disease from smoking can cause sexual problems and impotence. People who smoke have trouble healing from injuries and surgeries, and smoke toxins also directly cause diabetes, lung diseases, and many kinds of cancer. People who smoke may notice shortness of breath, coughing, leg pain, more frequent colds, and infections. The toxins from smoke also cause skin to age and wrinkle. Pregnant women who smoke have riskier pregnancies than non-smokers, and their babies have more health problems. Secondhand smoke has the same toxins and causes the same diseases in others who are exposed to tobacco smoke. Quitting tobacco smoking dramatically improves a person's health starting immediately because quitting stops the person's exposure to the toxins in the smoke. Quitting, therefore, prevents or reduces the risk of heart diseases, diabetes, lung disease, and cancers. Quitting improves wound healing and surgical outcomes. Quitting at any age improves health and extends life, whether a person smoked for 3 or 30 years. Quitting also improves self-esteem, mental health symptoms, and recovery from substance use. Quitting also reduces negative feelings due to stigma and increased options for work and housing since smoking is not permitted in public places and is viewed negatively in many communities. Cutting down may be helpful if it leads to an attempt to quit. Research has shown that people who cut down tend to draw in more smoke from the cigarettes they continue to use, so cutting down may not provide long-term health benefits if people continue to breathe in the toxins in the smoke. How does tobacco use interact with mental health or substance use disorders? People with mental health and substance use disorders may be more likely to smoke because the biological causes for these disorders may overlap. Also, people with mental health disorders may feel that smoking provides relief from stress and they may start smoking and have difficulty quitting because of the social influence of being surrounded by other smokers. Smokers their families and treatment providers may have mistaken beliefs that perpetuate smoking. Two really common myths are that smoking improves mental health disorder symptoms. It doesn't. And that quitting may lead to relapse of alcohol or other drug use. It doesn't. Research has confirmed that smoking simply reduces symptoms of withdrawal that may be perceived as being part of a person's mental health disorder. Research has also shown that smokers with other substance use disorders may benefit from quitting both tobacco and other substances because quitting may reduce relapse to alcohol and other drugs while improving health and extending life. Although people often worry that quitting smoking will cause a relapse to mental health or substance use disorder symptoms, research suggests that the opposite is true. When smokers with mental health or substance use disorders quit, They tend to develop more stability in their recovery from both types of disorders with less suicidal thinking, anxiety, and substance use. Studies in animals and humans indicate that nicotine seems to affect the part of the brain that allows people to enjoy naturally rewarding activities and that increases the rewarding nature of other substances. This reward-enhancing effect may help people with mental health disorders to enjoy things in their lives. This effect may also reinforce the effects of substances in people who have substance use disorders. Additionally, because nicotine is slightly calming and relaxing, people who have difficulty managing stress may find it hard to quit. When helping people with co-occurring disorders who are trying to quit using nicotine, clinicians should encourage their clients to increase naturally rewarding activities and bring mindful attention to the natural Pleasurable sensations that these activities bring about without nicotine. The American Medical Association recommends that providers ask all people seeking health care whether they smoke, advise quitting, offer cessation treatment, and follow up with treatment. Co occurring disorders treatment programs should screen all patients for tobacco use. The five A's is a standard brief intervention strategy that clinicians can use to identify smokers and engage them in treatment. Number one, Ask all patients if they smoke at each encounter. Number two, advise them to quit in a real personalized manner. Number three, assist patients' willingness to try to quit attempt. Number four, assist with quitting by providing treatment or referring to treatment. And number five, arrange a follow up to monitor treatment. Effective tobacco use cessation treatment includes both behavioral interventions to teach quitting skills and medication treatments to reduce withdrawal and craving. Cessation treatment for people with mental health and substance use disorders is most effective if it's provided in conjunction with effective treatment of the other disorders. Both counseling and medication are important tools to help smokers increase their motivation, improve their skills, and avoid withdrawal symptoms for a successful quit attempt. Individual or group counseling increases people's ability to quit by helping them maintain motivation, identify triggers that put them at risk, for smoking, develop strategies for avoiding triggers or coping with the craving that occurs with triggers or stress, and use medications effectively to reduce withdrawal and craving. A large amount of research shows that longer interventions, for example 8 to 12 sessions, are more effective than interventions of one to three sessions. Three first-line medications are safe and effective for smoking cessation. Number one, five types of nicotine replacement therapies. Number two, bupurpion, well and Zyban, which is a medication that is also used as an antidepressant. And three, virinicline, a medication that acts partly like nicotine. These medications reduce withdrawal and craving symptoms that occur when people are avoiding smoking. Combining medications, so for example two types of nicotine replacement therapy or one nicotine replacement therapy with Welbutrin, and adding behavioral treatment to medication treatments further increases the odds of quitting when compared to taking one medication alone. Involving people in cessation treatment when they try to quit can dramatically improve cessation outcomes. Medications for tobacco use disorder include nicotine replacement therapies, bupropion, and vernicline. Nicotine replacement therapies which include gum, patches, and lozenges are safe, and they do not interact with psychotropic medications. Also, some forms are available over-the-counter without prescription. Bupropion, commonly used in combination with nicotine replacement therapy, has also been shown to be safe and well-tolerated by people with schizophrenia and major depressive disorder. Clinicians must use this medication with care in smokers with a history of mania. Bupropion is not recommended for patients with substantial anxiety, seizure disorders, or eating disorders. It is contraindicated for treatment of people who have untreated bipolar disorder. Virenicline is highly effective for smoking cessation and is generally safe in people with mental health and substance use disorders. Large population studies suggest the risks associated with this medication are not different from those with bupropion and nicotine replacement therapy. Careful screening for use in appropriate patients and close monitoring is warranted. Behavioral treatments. Motivational interventions help people list the pros and cons of smoking. Common issues are tobacco's financial cost, health effects, and social impact. People have many reasons why they want to smoke or quit smoking, Enlisting listing them helps tip the balance to be more motivated to quit. When a smoker is interested in quitting, behavioral interventions can teach him or her skills for quitting. Such interventions can take place in an individual or group format with varying content and length of treatment. Cognitive behavioral group treatment, the most common method of intervention used in efficacy trials, has been shown to be effective in conjunction with cessation medications in people with severe mental disorders. An important skill people learn in cognitive behavioral therapy is learning to be aware of the triggers and situations associated with their smoking. Once people become aware, they can develop strategies to avoid the triggers and to cope with the cravings that occur with the triggers. Common strategies are deep breathing to refocus thoughts and reduce anxiety, distracting oneself by doing something else, talking with through the cravings while accepting that the cravings are not harmful and they will pass, and using nicotine replacement therapy as needed in preparation for triggers and high-risk situations. So some programs teach the four Ds. So number one is deep breathe, breathe in and out. Number two, drink some sparkling water, or just maybe another decaffeinated kind of drink. Number three, delay. The urge will go away if you give it five minutes. And number four, just do something to distract yourself so you're not just thinking about the cravings all the time. People will need to continue using and practicing coping strategies for months and sometimes years after quitting, as urges continue to come up and even after long-term abstinence. Longer periods of behavioral treatment improve outcomes by helping people to stay motivated and continue to use successful strategies to inhibit the urge to smoke when it occurs. Contingency management is an intervention in which incentives are provided for previously agreed-upon biologically verified abstinence, so using saliva, urine, or blood tests to confirm that the person did not use the problem substance. Sometimes contingency management is an effective intervention for smoking cessation in the general population, as well as among pregnant women, people with substance use disorders, and adolescents. Preliminary research among smokers with mental health and substance use disorders suggests that contingency management is also effective at helping people with severe mental disorders to quit smoking. Contingency management is not offered in a typical treatment setting, although research is underway to assess its use in real-world community mental health clinics. So as the old saying goes, timing is everything. Timing of quit attempts and treatment is important. People should initiate a quit attempt when their mental disorder is stabilized. Regarding mental health disorders, people should not try to quit when they're in the middle of a depressive episode, a manic episode, or a psychotic break, when the mental illness has stabilized, though quitting smoking is a way to extend and promote ongoing recovery. Regarding substance use disorders, people can initiate a quit attempt at the same time or shortly after quitting alcohol and other drugs. Because using substances and smoking are often paired activities, people can quit both at the same time and increase their ability to stay abstinent. Some programs have people gain abstinence from alcohol and other drugs first and then tackle quitting smoking a month or two later it's not clear whether one approach is better than the other additionally when people are getting treatment in inpatient settings they often are required to be abstinent it's important to provide ample amounts of nicotine replacement therapy during these periods and to encourage the people into quit attempts with motivational counseling mental health and addiction treatment providers are ideally positioned to provide smoking cessation treatment while they have more frequent contact with their patients than primary care providers do, and they understand how to help people change behavior, people are most likely to quit when they received integrated treatment for all of their disorders and received the same message about tobacco from their providers. Smoke free environments not only reduce exposure to secondhand smoke, but also lead to reductions in smoking. Mental health and addiction treatment settings have lagged behind physical health treatment settings in becoming smoke-free and may have directly or inadvertently promoted tobacco smoking by providing access to tobacco and smoking environments where many people with mental health and substance use disorders start smoking. Organizations can educate providers, improve attitudes about treating tobacco use disorder, increase clinician skills, and develop policies to support smoke-free treatment settings, and improve tobacco use disorder assessment and treatment in both substance use and mental health treatment settings. Organizations that become smoke-free can also provide cessation treatment to their employees. Most people recognize the importance of social norms in affecting smoking behavior. Because both smoking and quitting are social phenomena, interventions to reduce smoking must address social influences. Clinicians can model smoking abstinence. Cessation treatment groups can provide social support, peer role modeling, and social skills training for refusing tobacco. Clinicians can help people who are quitting Deal with the pressure from smokers in their neighborhoods and peer groups. These are key environmental interventions to reduce smoking in people with mental health and substance use disorders, and they are Create inviting, smoke-free environments Educate patients and treatment providers to counter misinformation Create policies and treatment settings that support assessment and treatment of people who smoke or use other tobacco products Key strategies for successful treatment of tobacco use disorder in people with mental health and substance use disorders include the following, providing behavioral treatments to teach quit skills and providing social support and social modeling for quitting, providing medication treatments that address the biological vulnerability and higher levels of nicotine addiction among people who have mental health and other substance use disorders, combining behavioral and medication cessation treatments using full dose and combined medications, for example two nicotine replacements and Wellbutrin, utilizing longer periods of treatment if needed. People can take many steps to manage or quit using tobacco, including monitoring for triggers, gaining sobriety from alcohol and other drugs, rewarding themselves for abstinence, and taking their medications. Smoking usually becomes an ingrained habit that people do without even thinking. People often start their cessation process by monitoring when they smoke, with whom, and what their thoughts and feelings are when they are smoking. When people are more aware of when and why they smoke, they can take control over their smoking. When people know what their triggers are, they can anticipate the triggers and prepare for them in order to reduce the chance of smoking when they don't intend to smoke. Because alcohol and other drugs are very often linked with smoking, Quitting other substances will help with quitting tobacco, smoking tobacco products, and vice versa. Research shows that people who are stopping alcohol and other drug use can use tobacco cessation treatment counseling and medication to quit tobacco with positive effects on recovery. People who are quitting may want to set up a reward system for themselves. People can set a money jar and fill it with dollars they save for not buying tobacco products. As we know, they can be expensive and add up. They can put a picture of something they plan to buy with the money on the outside of the jar and practice visualizing this reward. Visualizing other benefits or rewards they plan to achieve by quitting such as clean smelling, body, clothes, fresher teeth, breath, skin, fewer lung infections, or praise from family can all reinforce people's efforts. Medications, including nicotine replacement therapy, are such an important tool for quitting smoking that most people do want to use them. Helping clients identify a daily routine that can be linked with taking a medication can be helpful. In summary, smoking or tobacco use disorder is common in people with mental health and substance use disorders. The toxins in smoke may cause many lethal diseases. Quitting at any age immediately improves health. When people cut down or quit, they experience nicotine withdrawal, which includes craving, irritability, anxiety, and other mental health or addiction symptoms. These withdrawal symptoms are reduced with smoking cessation medications. People can learn coping skills to manage the withdrawal through counseling. People can quit smoking during mental health and addiction treatment once they're no longer acutely ill. Quitting smoking improves mental health and addiction recovery over time.